Hey everyone, it's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com. You're listening to another DevOps chat. Today's DevOps chat is with our friend Lubos Perobic of Sauce Labs. Lubos, welcome. Hey, Alan, thanks. Great to be back on the show. It's always a pleasure to have repeat guests here, Lubos, because we kind of get to continue the dialogue and dive a little deeper in, in our you know allotted time. So Lubos, um, some new news coming out of my out of our friends at Sauce Labs. Uh, you know, we, we were talking a little off mic about it regarding headless testing. Why don't you uh, kind of clue our audience in? What what's the news? Yeah, absolutely. So Sauce Labs is super excited to announce Sauce Headless and uh, a solution kind of squarely aimed at continuing to accelerate testing. Um, especially early in the in the pipeline, um, you know, Sauce uh, since you know, 2008 has really been all about uh, continuous testing and making testing faster uh, and hassle-free. Um, you know, first to market with Selenium testing back in in 2008. Um, we've done a lot recently around mobile and have been a you know big contributor to to Appium, and uh, you know are really unique in terms of our offering around uh, you know not just desktop browsers but um, mobile in the form of emulators and simulators and, and real devices. And, you know, we were looking at trends in the market and, and noticed that there was this real desire to speed testing, speed app development, really, by uh, testing earlier, um, getting developers even faster feedback. And so what we saw was customers saying, you know, they wanted to test on every commit um, or every pull request. And that, um, that, that type of use case had so much volume associated with it, right? You can imagine, you know, large teams, every single developer, you're checking in lots of code during the day. Um, and also, since they were looking for immediate feedback, you know, they didn't want to be sitting around for five or 10 minutes waiting for their test results, that, um, that this use case really required a new kind of out-of-the-box solution. And, um, and so at Sauce Labs, we looked around and said, okay, well, what, what are some of the, the new technologies out there that we can apply to this problem. How do we significantly reduce, you know, test times? How do we, you know, get this feedback to developers more more rapidly? And so, we naturally gravitated to uh, to headless as as a as an option. Uh, the you know the the landscape around headless has really changed. Um, you know, a few years ago, the only option out there was was Phantom JS, an open source project that wasn't always you know really up to date. But of course, recently, uh, both uh, Mozilla and Google have come out with supported um, headless versions of Chrome and Firefox, respectively. Um, you know, we've also seen, you know, just great, you know, great results with running these headless browsers on, on top of containers. And so those two things together have really resulted in a, uh, a much more performant uh, solution that will allow our customers to, um, to get the velocity they want, you know, early you know, early in the pipeline. And so, you know, what we see our customers doing is, is, uh, is using headless, you know, early on that every, on that every pull request or every commit. And then later as they do their full, you know, regression tests in the, in the pipeline, you know, using the, 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 the standard cross browser testing to make sure that they've got coverage across, you know, all the different um, browsers, IE, Safari, Edge, um, as well as on the, on the, on the, on the mobile uh, you know, Chrome and, and iOS uh, Safari side. So um, that's that's really it in a nutshell. It, well, it was a big nutshell, but most <laughs> of it, was, it was a nutshell. So, I mean, 
when, when we talk about these things, though, I was having a conversation earlier today with the CEO of, uh, of another DevOps, actually it's a data ops company, truth be told. And, um, you know, we were talking about how when we first started talking about DevOps and automation and continuous testing, it was such a kind of virgin territory that, you know, the opportunity was there to make really huge you know, we can improve the speed of your testing by 2,000 <laughs> percent, you know, like crazy numbers. Because we were coming, you know, we were coming from a place where speed and automation and this kind of thing were not, were not, um, were not a factor. They weren't a, a priority. Yes. And, and now where it has been a priority, and now we're looking for ways of, Okay, we're not going to get a two thousand percent increase anymore. Not you mm -hmm. know, not without some kind of real magic. But where can we squeeze out more? Where can we, you know, squeeze out inefficiency? Where can we, you know, gain a little bit of of traction? Gain a little advantage because it's those advantages and those incremental evolutionary steps. Now, when we look back, seem revolutionary when we look at them over the, the passage of time. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, and, and um, you know, one of the, you know, uh, kind of a related topic, you know, or the way that I hear a lot of our, our dev teams talk about this is from the perspective of developer productivity um, and thinking about, well, how do you make you know, your, your, your dev teams as productive as possible? How do you allow them to, you know, get those applications out to market quickly um, without wasting time, you know, and, and, and a lot of, you know, this shift left is about that, right? It's about, well, how do I avoid, you know, having my developers have to context switch because that, that, that wastes their time, right? Let them, let them fix those, you know, bugs early. Um, how do I get them, you know, if there is a problem, you know, how do I help them debug that problem rapidly? How do I let them do that in, you know, five minutes versus a half an hour? And so I do think there's a lot of focus now on these kind of um, incremental improvements, right? So there's that, like you said, there's this order of magnitude difference between doing things in kind of a, you know, sequential waterfall way to doing things in agile and in parallel and automating, right? When you do that, it's, like you said, you know, it's thousands of percent improvements. But then, then, then there's this continued evolution, right, of trying to think about, well, you know, you know as I'm an organization in a competitive market, how do I, how do I squeeze out, you know, better efficiencies. So um, absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm actually constantly amazed at, um, you know, the different, the different ways, ways teams are attacking this and looking for that, you know, that advantage. Um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, another, another topic that comes up a lot is this idea of continuous improvement, right? And how do I, how am I always looking for uh, ways to get, to get better and faster? But I, I definitely hear that a lot from our customers for sure. Absolutely. Now, you know, serverless is certainly a concept we've seen deployed. And again, this goes to the rev evolutionary versus revolutionary. I, re I remember, you know, headless, headless servers, right? Back yeah. when I was, uh, you know, doing in the host, I was in the hosting business. And, and serverless, you know, browser and, and stuff like this. Um, but, Lubosh, has anyone else kind of, looked at this as a, as a method for 
for just you know speeding up the the uh, the ability to test faster to you know in, for this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We see lots of activity, um, you know, especially amongst our customers. So I think that the, I think you know, along with containers, I think serverless is looked at as another way to, um, you know, speed up the testing process and and frankly lower the costs too, right? So, um, you know, when you start looking at running tests, you know, massively in parallel, you're not just doing you know hundreds maybe, but even thousands of tests in parallel. Um, you know, both speed and cost become, you know, uh, an issue. And so uh, the, the, natural, the natural inclination is then to say, okay, what, what new technologies are out there that let me do this in a more efficient, you know, way that, that is both faster and less cost. And I think both containers and serverless um, allow you to do that, you know. Um, you know, we picked containers as, uh, you know, as a route because we found it to be, um, the, the, the best solution for us in terms of providing a really scalable, um, you know, performant cost-effective solution that also, um, uh, supported, uh, customers existing Selenium scripts. So one of the things that we wanted to make sure was that we provided a really, um, seamless experience between this new sauce headless, headless offering, as well as our cross browser offering so that, you could use the same scripts in both that you'd have, you know, a common set of analytics and, um, you know, and, and reporting uh, below it, uh, a common set of debugging tools across both. Um, so that uh, again, you know, kind of back to this topic of developer productivity, it, it, it's, it's easy for those teams to kind of utilize both in a, in a, in a simple way without a bunch of, of, of relearning. But I, I think definitely, you know, serverless, you know, I, I think there's a lot of uh, potential there. Uh, for speeding up testing as well as you know container-based technologies, so we we, we certainly see um, uh, a lot of activity there. Uh, in fact, one of the interesting things is that um, you know this is a good example of actually Sauce you know listening a lot to our customers. So uh, you know as we started looking at this, we got a lot of interest from our customers, um, and, and quite a few of them were actually on their own kind of investigating um, these technologies to build their own internal grids around this and. Um, as we started talking to them and they were like, you know, they, they felt compelled because there really wasn't anything on the market that was satisfying their, their needs around this. But they were, but at the same time they were saying, you know, just like with a cross browser grid, you know, it's not a, not, not a business that most of them want to be in. So they were like, Hey, if you could do this for us, that would be awesome. So, so I think there's actually so much interest in this area right now that, you know, people are actually you know resorting to doing it themselves because they're just looking for, um, you know, something that's, that's fast and affordable enough to, to meet this high velocity early pipeline need. Agreed. 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 You know, and, and in, in some ways, I don't know if it's karma or good symmetry that you're using containers to do serverless testing to test containerized applications. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because it does go hand in hand, right? I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, uh, you know, containers, of course, are making a huge impact on, on dev and test. And there's, you know, there's no customer that I talk to that is not currently looking at, you know, re-architecting um, their development pipeline around containers. Like, like everybody literally is, is doing that. In fact, Sauce Labs, we just completed our own migration um, into that kind of a, you know, in that kind of an architecture and, uh, and then I think it's just natural that you, you know, you've got this good experience with a technology like containers and you think, well, 
heck, you know, how do I apply that to different areas, right? So I, I do think it's a you know, very natural extension is people, people have success with something and they think, well, what are other ways that I can apply it? So, you know, for sure, I think there, you know, I think it's not a coincidence that. Yeah. Interestingly, I mean, for instance, DevOps.com and the rest of the media ops sites that we operate, um, I found that just, just a couple months ago, because, you know, we use a hosting service that we're actually hosted in a Kubernetes containerized environment. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know it's it's, but you know it is pretty ubiquitous. It it is. Um, I I wonder, you know, besides actually utilizing the technology to make sauce better, how else are technologies like serverless and um, containers and Kubernetes? How else are they affecting sauce's business? Yeah, so you know it's it's interesting because one of the one of the the results of you know moving to you know containers is um, is that teams are are able to uh, kind of break dependencies um, uh, break dependencies on each other. So you know with with more monolithic applications, you find that you know teams have to, to kind of depend on each other. It typically slows down the the release process. Um, now teams can have more contractual relationships with each other, can, can release features without kind of hard dependencies. Um, but, but it also typically results in there being many more interrelated components. So whereas an app might have once been, you know, made up of three or four components, all of a sudden it might be made up of 20 kind of independently, you know, functioning components that are each in their kind of own, you know, containerized environments that can be released. And, and what, we're, what we're finding from a lot of customers is that this, this, um, this kind of proliferation of different components, if you will, um, results in an increase in testing and making sure that, you know, all those bits and pieces actually, you know, play nicely together and that there are no, um, there are no bugs arising from the, the interactions with each other. So it's, it's kind of interesting that, that that's a, you know, a trend we're seeing as, as, as folks, um, you know, move into this this uh, this area, and, or, or adopt containers more um, more uh, uh, ubiquitously. Another interesting outcome that I th I think is 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 around this is this idea of you know risk based testing. So um, you know, as you put things in different components, you can begin and, and isolate them more from each other. Um, the there's a better opportunity to think about well, you know, do I have to actually run a full regression suite against every change in every component, right? Or, you know, based on the change, can I have some confidence that it doesn't affect half of these components at all, and therefore I don't have to run those tests anymore, right? So I, I do think that, um, you know, that, that uh, you know, moving things to containers, having better isolation, independence, means that you can get, you know, smarter with your testing and, 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 re and reduce some of the, you know, the, the size of those re re you know, regression suites by, by being smart about uh, where the risk lies in, in those changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lubash, um, other than, than this news and what we, we've spoken about, what else is happening with, with Sauce? Any new conferences you guys will be out? Any other kind of information maybe some of our listeners might be interested in? 
Yeah, well, you know, the other, the other recent big news is we, uh, we hit 2 billion tests. Um, wow. Which, which was, that's yeah, <laughs> that's a big number. Um, uh, and so th- that, that, that's a, you know, really exciting news. I think the, the statistic that we're, that we're super excited about is it took us, you know, it was like eight years to get to a billion and, 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 less than a, and then less than two years to get to two billion. So it really kind of shows the, you know, the acceleration, I guess, and the volume of testing that people are doing um, and, and, the, and the fact that, um, you know, that there's this, uh, this real big movement to, you know, continuous testing um, that, we, that we continue to see. Um, you know, I will, I will give a little plug for SauceCon, uh, our, our big user conference, which is coming up in April in Austin. So um, we've got, a, as usual, a, a huge lineup of, of speakers, uh, mostly customers and industry, um, industry uh, luminaries. They'll be coming to that, um, so would would love to to encourage uh, your listeners to to check that out as well. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to bring us right in on time here. Well, well, we're a little over, but it's okay. <laughs> always a pleasure to have you on DevOps Chat, my friend. It's always good to hear what's going on at Sauce. You guys are uh, do a great job and really become part of the quote unquote fabric or mesh, if you will of the uh, software delivery lifecycle in, in the DevOps world. So thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Alan. Thank you. All right. Lubosh Powerbeck, uh, Source Labs, our guest today on DevOps Chat. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com, and you've just listened to another DevOps Chat. Have a great day, everyone.